What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first official episode of Happy Hour. Uh, we have today the legendary Joshua Katina joining us. <laughs> What's up? Today, we're going to get right into it and talk about, uh, I'm sure you guessed it, the coronavirus and how it's affecting everything. Josh, what's your take on this whole uh, pandemic? Man, it's it's definitely an unprecedented thing. I just, like, for me, I miss, I didn't realize how much I would miss um, just, like, hanging out with friends and watching sports. Like, me personally, I'm pretty introverted, but it's it's like it's opened my eyes to see how much I do need like to be around people and uh, you know it's hard for me it's 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 a different um it's a different type of introversion like it's a forced introversion and so for me like I just miss hanging out with my friends and um I'm looking forward to all this being over man what about you yeah oh man I am glad that I'm not graduating this semester in college because I definitely feel like that is a terrible way to go out and uh like just have all of your last taken away from you so that kind of sucks for a lot of our our friends who we're seeing that are just going to miss graduation miss proper goodbyes to uh some of their friends and totally things like that so that's tough but um man I feel like you got out right before and I will get out right after so yeah I was time I was even thinking about it because like my girlfriend's graduating this semester and my my roommate and my cousin who I lived with for four years and I was thinking about my last semester and I remember I still remember um like taking my last final and handing it in to my professor and I went out to my car and I literally just like I screamed in my car because I was just so happy and like I feel bad that that there's people that they didn't uh they're not going to get that and not to be like super grim or anything, but I do, I do hope that schools around the country are able to try and do something for people, for graduating seniors to uh, still make this last semester special for them and um, memorable. So, yeah, I agree. I saw yesterday they're forwarding around a petition to make the grades at Lee University pass fail due to everything going on right now. I think they should. Yeah, I, I saw some schools like Yale has already adopted it. I don't see, like, like there's so much going on in the world right now that's just bigger than classes, if you ask me. And, like, if you're, if you've been through three and a half years, some people four and a half years of school already, and then you have to deal with this, like, this in itself is, like, a life experience that, hopefully in the future one day will be valuable for people so i i I really do think schools should consider at least for graduating seniors like just passing them or you know they they need to do something to 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 lighten the load for them because there are like kids are i know that like people who are working are, are struggling through this and and it's affecting everyone and people are you know scared for their lives but like college students are dealing with a really unique struggle right now and uh, I think that you know if schools whatever schools can do I I don't know what it is but you know one thing they shouldn't be doing is is making it harder like I I have a I have a cousin who his sister um, they closed her school down she goes to school in Nebraska and 
they they like made everyone move out of their dorms or whatever and then they told the kids that they're not refunding them for their housing expenses for the semester and like yeah, that tough. kind of stuff is just crazy like yeah you can't be taking advantage of people right yeah, that, that's a tough tough situation to be in what do you think are the uh pros that will come out of this uh situation hopefully um man hopefully people will just be more thankful for what they have like people will will not take things for granted as much and you know i'm speaking for myself too like being able to go go out to eat with your family and your friends and not like have to worry about uh getting sick uh just like i think there's so much that and it's really cliche there's so much that we take for granted but it sadly it takes stuff like this to to really open our eyes and realize um the things that are so great about life that we don't appreciate in the moment so um i hope that once we get through all of this uh at least for myself that that i won't take anything for granted um and i'll i'll really realize how lucky i am to be able to live my life freely definitely and it's kind of crazy it's like we would read in school about the great depression and all those uh events in our nation's history and now this is definitely that's like this is gonna be something our kids learn about and our grandchildren learn about because this has completely shut down like the world in our country so it's kind of crazy that we're just like experiencing that firsthand yeah man Speaking of uh, other ways this is affecting the world, what's your take on the uh, sports world? It is completely just shut down everything, opening day canceled, NBA season postponed, Olympics postponed a whole other year. It's crazy. Dude, dude, I'm hurting. I, I was telling my girlfriend, this would be all so much easier for me if the NBA was just on. Like, be a way to cope. Like, you just dude, at least have your sports. Like, I, I, another, that's another thing that I don't realize. Like, obviously, I know I love sports, but I didn't realize how much it, like, would affect me not being able to watch basketball. And I know I'm not trying to sound like I'm being tortured or my life is horrible, but mm. it definitely is like it it's made me appreciate it more and so i'm really excited for the day they come back i think it's going to be an awesome you know moment to see like me i'm a laker fan so seeing the lakers come back to staples center whenever that is i already know it's going to be um just an exciting time and honestly probably an emotional moment for some people just um yeah i'm I'm really excited i know lebron's going to come back strong and you know, as a Laker, a tortured Laker fan, the last six years have been brutal for, for me. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it really sucks that the year that we're, things are finally going our way, that something like this happens and shuts the league down. It, it's, it's really unfortunate. But You think the Lakers will take the championship home when they come back? You think they'll stay hungry? You know, I hope so. I, I, I have to believe that they can. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see like how this long break affects them like yeah both mentally and physically yeah because uh, like some some guys like I don't know if you've ever played sports you know that just taking off like a few days you could you can come back and you can you kind of lose your rhythm and you mm-hmm. lose like that you're just rusty and so I'm Definitely. I'm curious like for guys that um are taking off like months. I'm I'm curious how that's going to affect them and you know 
the the thing is everyone's gonna have to be dealing with that so uh, I guess that's just another challenge and that's why those guys get paid the money they do yeah for sure do you think that they'll do the uh, like when they first start back you think it'll be without fans or do you think they're not gonna start back until they have fans because I saw the MLB Players Association is issued today that they aren't gonna play games until fans can come yeah um, me personally I don't want to see games without fans. Yeah. Um, I think, like, maybe seeing it once would be interesting, but after that, like, the the fans... And this is another thing that this whole, this whole um, virus situation has made me realize is that, like, uh, a, a huge part of a lot of what we do in life is about sharing it with other people and experiencing it with other people. And so if you take the fans out of the arenas, it's not going to, it's just not going to be what, what I think sports are supposed to be. And so the fans play a huge part into games, I believe. So I feel like that would be tough to uh, perform without having that like momentum factor behind you. Yeah. And, and like before, before all of this, like really hit someone asked LeBron actually, you know, what, what do you think about playing in an, in an arena with no fans? And he straight up said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming to the game if there's no fans. And mm-hmm. I don't know how serious he was being, but I totally get what he's saying. It's like, yeah, if there's no one, if there's no fans, if there's no one cheering you on or booing you or just screaming, like, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that would feel really awkward. It's like a forced high school scrimmage or something. Definitely. But, man, yeah, that would be kind of interesting to see just one game on TV and they pan the crowd and no one's there. Yeah. That would definitely be, be a if, sight. If they do... If they do have games without fans, I think it's imperative that they mic the players up. Like, at least do that so we can yeah. hear the trash talk. Mic the coaches and the refs up. I want to hear it all. So That would be neat, actually. You could at least get a different experience, like, to see a, see the game on a different level. But, yeah, um, yeah. all in all, man, I don't really want to see sports without fans. I think it, it's weird and Honestly, it would be kind of depressing, honestly. It would be a reminder that, like, things aren't that normal. When sports come back, I want it to feel like, okay, the world's back in order. Yeah, like everything's normal. Yeah. But I feel like if they delay the season <clears throat> and then they keep the, like, I don't know how many games are left. Is it like 15 games left for playoffs? Yeah, 15, 20. 15, 20 games are left. So they're going to continue that. And then playoffs, I feel like won't that carry over and like affect the next season? Like it won't just shorten their break even more? Yeah. I mean, so normally the NBA season starts in October. So. Because they're I, not even talking about doing what playoffs like August? That I think that is what they're considering doing. Is So they would get like a month break? Yeah. So. The NBA season normally starts in October. I don't think there's been anything official about this, but there has have been discussions before all of this happened about moving the NBA start uh, start date back to Christmas. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, for casual fans, like, no one... Like, a casual basketball fan, they don't watch basketball in October and November. Yeah. It's really Christmas Day that is, is kind of the the real start of the league anyways yeah. and um it also would there be let they would compete less with the nfl like nfl is king in america and so mm-hmm. um the nba is never going to in my opinion never going to be able to overtake the nfl um so i think it might make sense um 
just because of this kind of circumstance to kind of just make that happen and push the st- the start date back to to Christmas Day. Uh, I think it'd be awesome on Christmas morning to have like an opening day in the NBA. I think that'd be fun. But. Yeah. Do you think if they do that, they have to shorten the eighty-two game season? No, I think I think they could still do the eighty-two game season and just go till August. So you have, you still have a, a good like two or three months off, maybe even more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think the eighty-two game season could still last through that. And if you want to talk about whether or not you think. 82 games is too much and then that's a different conversation but I definitely think you could fit the schedule um into uh a Christmas day start opening day yeah and that'd be something to see speaking of NBA we know that they're releasing on ESPN Sports Center every NBA player that has been infected what is your take on Rudy Gobert and how he handled his situation of being infected with the virus oh, man so my first like raw initial action or reaction was I was angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, you know, obviously he was being careless. That's that's not, uh, and he admits to that. And so I was angry because I felt I kind of felt like I was, like Rudy was to blame for why the NBA shut down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to be fair to Gobert. You know, I think that it was inevitable that this was going to happen anyways. It, it just so happened that he was the first guy to get it. And, you know, he seems like he definitely, after getting diagnosed and and then uh, infecting one of his teammates, basically, he, yeah. he, he realized how serious the situation was. And so, yeah, you know, I forgive you, Rudy, but I definitely <laughs> was I, – I was angry at him um, – when it first happened so Rudy we know you're tuning in so I hope you accept <laughs> that apology from Josh uh, man I saw he donated like a crap ton of money to uh research and like towards the that's the cool. jazz like a uh, staff because they're all gonna be in a hiatus I guess yeah I mean yeah. I'm I think it's great whenever people who are in the position to give and help other people out uh do it I think um you know I've been seeing a lot of uh, different reports about you know owners team owners or or players making sure that the employees at the arenas are still getting paid even though they don't have any work um, and I think that's really cool and mm-hmm. um, you know it's just a good show of, of of unity and and people who are blessed with a lot yeah they um, definitely got the money to back do that. yeah all right Josh so we're gonna <laughs> transition in if y'all don't know, y'all listeners, my man Josh here is, he's dope on the beat. He has now released his first song on Spotify, Better Off by Joshua, so make sure to check it out. So Josh, we're going to talk about your music. I want you to talk about what made you want to get into it, and then uh, like who were your, I guess you'd say idols, like who influenced you to do rap, and like where did your style come from? Yeah, um... So music has always been like a big part of my life. My dad um, is a musician, and uh, he like uh, it, like as far as musical influences go, he's definitely the biggest influence on my life. Him and and my uncles they <clears throat> they've been doing music for like over thirty years now, and so music I always like felt like music was uh, an important part of my life from a young age and. I'm trying to think the first time 
as far as like rap goes, it's kind of funny. So I wasn't allowed to listen to rap music when I was growing up. Uh, some people might think that's crazy. Other people probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, my family um, was the same. Yeah. So rap was always kind of like to me, like it. It was I was it was a mysterious thing to me because I wasn't allowed to listen to and uh, I I listened to like Christian rappers um, like my parents found them for me and so mm-hmm. guys like Toby Mac honestly was he was like my first introduction into hip hop music um, and I loved Toby Mac growing up and uh, shout out to Diver City yeah shout out um, but yeah so when I was I want to say 12, 11 or 12, I was playing uh, a video game, NHL, like 2008 or something with my brother. And on the soundtrack of that video game is a song called uh, Superstar by Lupe Fiasco. And it's it, it was a big song back then. And I just loved the song so much. So I started like doing research on this Lupe Fiasco guy and started listening to some of his albums uh in secret uh even by that point my parents were a little more lenient and i i I thought lupe was cool because he didn't necessarily like rap about what your stereotypical rapper is is what that content is and Mm -hmm. um so i really got into lupe fiasco which is i was like a super fan from probably seventh grade through my senior year in high school yeah so he was like my first like idol if you want to say um but I remember my freshman year of high school I wrote like my first rap and it was horrible I wrote it (laughs) what was it called oh I couldn't even tell you man it was like you don't have it framed on the wall no it's in the that's it's long gone but I had like this little notebook and I was like I'm just gonna write my own thing and I remember one of the lines was something about like I'm gonna be better than Kanye or something like that it was just like that's a problem it was so corny but um that was like the beginning of it and I never shared that with anyone but uh my dad had like one of the old Mac books and he had he had garage band on there and so i figured out i taught myself how to get like some some beat on the garage band and then i just wrapped over it through the laptop microphone and that was like my first song that i recorded and then uh the the moment where i realized like okay maybe i'm like not horrible at this was uh I made a rap song. I made like a diss song to my rival high school um, the <laughs> week before, uh, the week of like the f- we were playing them in football, and I made the song. Who's the high school? Uh, so I went to Centennial High School in Franklin, Tennessee, and we were playing Franklin High School. So that th- that was like our big rival rivalry, and mm-hmm. um, I was working at a fast food restaurant at the time, and I put the song out on soundcloud and like dropped the link on twitter not really thinking anything of it because nobody really knew that i was like that i liked to make music at that point Mm -hmm. and i remember i went into work it was like a six hour shift and then i got off work and i looked at my phone and i had like 
I'm not kidding, like hundreds of notifications. And I went on SoundCloud. I had like 6,000 plays in the last like six hours. And holy I was crap. like, holy crap, dude, what is happening? So, and that was kind of the beginning of, of, uh, what was the, this track called? <laughs> it was called CHSDGAF. <laughs> <laughs> with, with is that clever high school stuff so i love it man it's still on soundcloud now you can go look look back at where we started sunny underscore days yeah dang that's crazy never looked back from there all right so what would you say is your like influence when you're writing like do you like think of anything i know we talked about this yesterday about your song you said you make your own beat and then like you rap over it mm -hmm. so do you have like anything that like influences you when you're writing or you just like hear something and you write a song about it or what yeah as far as like writing lyrics goes it's hard for me to write um it's hard for me to just write about something that i'm not like at the moment facing or like uh it's hard for me to write about nothing and if you if you, like some people know what that means like there's there's plenty of artists out there that they have hit songs and great like great songs but the lyrical content it's like pretty surface bubblegum kind of stuff mm -hmm. and i'm not knocking that at all but it's like i just can't write like that so usually like the the thing that influences me and kind of sparks where i start writing my songs is just a personal experience um and it's usually like it's usually negative experiences that are able to kind of light that fire in me and you know not all my i would say a lot of my music is has like positive um connotations and vibes but a lot of times the the starting point of of those songs comes from um you know a struggle or a negative experience something like that all right do you have uh like a respect factor for rappers who stay true to themselves like they write their own music because i know like j cole correct me if i'm wrong he writes his own music yeah. and he doesn't allow anyone on his albums like it's just him yeah and i've always thought that was super cool and then i think it was it drake like has his own writers yeah i mean that's all up for debate there there's no question that like there's big rappers out there who don't necessarily write all their own lyrics mm -hmm. um you know i'm not the kind of i'm not the guy that's going to be like Oh, if you're not writing your own stuff, then you're not you're not a real artist or whatever. Cause yeah. like Drake, there's no like he's one of the biggest artists of our generation. Yeah. So whether or not he's writing the songs, like he he's built that brand. Um, yeah. And that following, you know. So, but as far as like true like hip hop and rap goes, like there is um, there is an element of respect that I think you gain from from creating your own stuff and going even beyond um writing your own lyrics like i'm really i have a lot of respect for artists who they both write their own stuff and they like produce their own music like because they're two completely diff different skill sets and for uh it takes a lot of time and a lot of of work to to be able to do both of those things and do them both well so mm. uh like j cole he's one of the guys that he he does a lot of his own production uh mac miller was a guy that i loved that <clears throat> um later in his career he started uh becoming a really well-respected producer and so yeah i do i do have a level of respect for guys and 
that that write their own stuff and you know i i think that you can you can tell like who's real and 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 who's maybe not as real you can tell just by uh listening to the music because you can feel that Mm -hmm. all right in your opinion your professional opinion give me top three in the game right now and uh we'll say We'll give you one who's just the best overall, like well-rounded when it comes to lyrics and production. And then I guess just your two like favorites right now. So if we're talking about like right now, who's popping right now. Yeah. I think like overall the best rapper right now um, is J. Cole. That's just my uh, opinion. I have to agree. Yeah. I love, like I've been listening to J. Cole since I was in high school and uh it's been awesome just seeing like he's grown a lot like not just as an artist but as a man and um he's just someone that is really inspiring to me Mm -hmm. uh and then i'd have to say you know i'm not saying anything revolutionary here but kendrick lamar i think you can't overlook him as far especially on the lyrical side of things like yeah he's he's doing things that uh, there's no you can't imitate Kendrick Lamar like he's so unique and and so good at what he does. Yeah. Um, and then man, number three. Hmm. Himself, Joshua. Nah, Look it up. I, dude, I don't know if I can go for a number three. I want to say like to be like more well rounded. I want to say Drake just because he does he has done a lot for rap and hip hop music. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with Drake because mm-hmm. like he has put he has put hip hop music um on a platform that it's never been put on before. And so I know there's going to be like a lot of hip hop purists that don't think Drake really needs that that kind of recognition, but you know, if it it can't be ignored that he had he he puts hip hop music in homes and it, on phones that it was never on before. So I, I'm gonna go with Drake. Yeah, that's a good take. All right, I am a diehard country music fan, uh-huh. and I feel like there should be almost two genres of country music. I guess you could almost say the same for rap and hip hop, where I feel like there's actual country, then there's like pop radio country, hmm. and so I very minimal listen to rap. I mostly just listen to like your songs or J. Cole when I work out or something. So do you think that there is a genre of like real rap and then a genre of like pop rap, like future and some of Drake's songs? Or do you feel like it all flows together? Yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't call it like real rap. Uh, I don't really like that the uh, that um verbiage. I think that like when hip hop started, the whole point of it was to just express yourself. And that's music in general. That's what I think it's for. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to NWA. Yeah. So I don't know if I can say like there's a real rap and a fake rap, but definitely there are like, there is a different um, target audiences for different artists. And so, you know, like Drake, guys like Drake and future and, uh, you know, you know the guys you hear on the radio. That's one um, kind of wing of rap, and they're doing their thing, and they're great at at that. And then there's stuff that um, for for different people who maybe don't listen to the radio or aren't into that kind of stuff. Uh, that there's that kind of rap too, and you know, I think like I got a reason why I respect J Cole so much is because I feel like he has 
maintained true to to his own genre and his own feel of what hip-hop music should be like but he's also Mm -hmm. done an awesome job of branding himself and marketing himself to where he is um accepted by maybe the casual rap listener and so Mm -hmm. i think that in itself is a talent and a skill that he has mastered so yeah all right you spoke on earlier you said one of your initial influences was toby mack and you're from franklin Mm -hmm. so i know in the recent tragedy before um i think it was like three months ago Mm -hmm. his son overdosed and passed away um he was a aspiring rapper did you listen to any of his music at all yeah dude i love Truett stuff yeah did, did you ever like cross paths with him at all since you are from the same town <laughs> well so what's funny is in when we were really young yes we did because like i said earlier my dad's in the music industry um and my dad once upon a time him and his brothers were actually signed to toby Mac's label mm-hmm. um and so as a kid like my dad was still like a young aspiring artist at that point and so he was like he was grinding doing everything he could just to be heard and toby was kind of uh um toby had already made it at that point and so he was kind of took my dad and his brothers under under his wing and so me and Truett and uh my brother and my cousins there's like pictures of us at like water parks together and stuff but mm-hmm. it like i don't really remember it but i did always know i knew who true it was and um when he started coming out with music i was a big fan yeah i i feel like you gotta respect that um like his dad has already like and you say the same thing for yourself his dad was already well known but he decided to go his own way and mm-hmm. like make it himself and uh and that's just a sad scene all right we're gonna we're gonna transition next into um the more i guess like you'd say pop culture addiction downfalls recently in the news john jones the uh mma light heavyweight champion of the world busted for his third dui i think and so he's going to strip they're going to strip his title but uh this got me thinking about why are there so many just famous like role model type like influential people who they just can't stay out of trouble and what brought me what brought this to mind was john jones and we're talking about mac miller mac miller talking about Truett, Truett. so why do you feel like this is such a like reoccurring thing mm-hmm. what is your take on that because i feel like i was thinking i was like if you have all this money all this fame all these fans that voice like why is it that they repeatedly go back to the drugs the yeah. alcohol to fill their voids yeah i mean I actually didn't know about the John Jones thing, so that that's really sad to hear. Um, yeah. I, I, you want to talk about that a little more? <laughs> well, they just released... I guess, I feel like everything that is happening in the sports world now, it kind of gets pressure on the rug with everything going on with coronavirus. But uh, John Jones, for those of you who don't follow MMA, that's probably one of my favorite sports to follow. He's the undefe- undefeated, undisputed MMA light heavyweight champion of the world. And... Uh, the only person who's ever beaten him, I would say, is himself because he has been arrested for cocaine and, like, uh, now his second DUI, and he had a unregistered gun in the car with him this time. And then a couple fights ago, he got busted for testing positive for cocaine after the fight, so they said he was high during it. 
And then uh, it just got me thinking about, you know, just celebrities and like just people with that image of why they keep falling into that trap. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not a celebrity, so I can't really speak to that. But what Yet. my my thoughts are, <laughs> what my thoughts are is that they, people who reach that level of, of fame, like they live such a different kind of life than, than normal people do. And mm-hmm. I think that it's probably really lonely. And like it, he had, you have to, at some level feel like nobody understands you. And I know that's something that a lot of people deal with, but I think that celebrity and fame can take that to a whole new level. And on top of that, I think it's really hard to trust people when, when you reach that, that level of like having that kind of money. Um, I know for me, like if I were to be in their position, like it would be really hard for me to believe that anyone is around me other than trying to for a reason other than trying to get something from me Mm -hmm. um so i I can't imagine the kind of stresses that that brings um and then it just seems to me like a lot of those guys just have yes men all around them they don't have friends that are like that genuinely care about them enough to like tell them when they're when they're being stupid you know and because like like it, it it would be hard for me to like tell John Jones, "Hey man, stop doing that cocaine." Like, who am I? I'm it's John yeah. Jones. He's the best fighter in the world. Yeah. So like I I totally um can see how that's a slippery slippery slope for people like that. I wonder if there's a feeling of like almost invincibility when especially in his case when you're the best arguably the best fighter in that sport of all time yeah. and no one's like challenged you. I wonder if he just feels bulletproof, like nothing can touch him. Yeah, I mean, what's what's really sad is that oftentimes what it takes for people to, to really make real changes in their lives is hitting rock bottom. And I don't think J- John Jones has hit rock bottom because, like you said, he's, he's basically an undefeated champion. Like, it, it's hard to feel like your life is going your life is not doing good when you're the best at what you do. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about, I think about like Josh Gordon, if you guys don't know who Josh Gordon is, he's a receiver, a wide receiver in the NFL, extremely talented guy, but his entire career, like I'm, his entire career has been riddled with uh, drugs and alcohol. And just, he's gotten, had, suspension after suspension and I've always wondered like what is it that this guy doesn't get that like he could he has so much talent and he's just wasting it away on things like just dumb stuff and yeah to me I I think what it is is that because he's so talented and because he's so good at what he does and this applies to a lot of people like him you know he never has to really feel the full effect of the consequences of his actions Mm -hmm. and so when you're not getting that like who would change when you're just getting slapped on the wrist for stuff that's really serious so yeah um i know i wouldn't like if i'm still getting paid millions and i'm still famous and i'm still better than most people will ever be at what i do so it's hard i wonder if it's one of those things like you have so many friends that you don't actually have a real friend yeah. And so they just 
like you said earlier, people are just around them because of their, their fame and fortune, so mm-hmm. no one holds them accountable. Speaking of uh, the jail the jail time that people are having to face, I saw in the news yesterday that in some counties, and then someone put it in group me, in some counties around the, uh, the country, they're releasing low-level prisoners uh, due to the coronavirus. They don't want, like, a ton of people all together. And so I think it said if you're on the list for good behavior and um, if it was a nonviolent crime, they're, like, just releasing them. Hmm. That's kind of crazy to me. It's, like, yeah. the perfect time to go commit a crime. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that is crazy. I guess that just goes to show how crazy the times are right now that yeah. people are getting let out of prison. I don't know enough about that to really uh, say anything worth saying, but yeah, um, that is crazy, man. Man, we are living in crazy times. All right, Josh, we're going to close up. Anything else you want to add? Some wisdom, some advice? No, man, just thank you for having me on. I'm really excited for this. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a regular listener for you, so appreciate it, it's man. an honor to be here. Like I said before, if you haven't listened to Josh's song, check it out on Spotify or Apple Music. Just type in Better Off by Joshua, first thing that comes up, and I will try to attach uh, the song towards the ends of this podcast. Thank you all for tuning in for the first episode of Happy Hour. We'll definitely have Josh back on, and uh, we'll see you all soon.